It's that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. And your family had a great Christmas. I know we had the show Friday, but I know a lot of people celebrate Christmas over the weekend. I hope you had a good weekend. I imagine that the Kentucky portion of our listeners had a had a relatively good weekend, and I'm sure the Louisville ones wish things had gone a little bit differently. Obviously, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about UK, UofL, the game at the KFC Yum Center on Saturday. It, it, it really kind of played out the way I thought it'd be. Uh, it was a buffer game like I thought it'd be. Louisville just needed to find ways to score, and it could have been a, a really competitive game. Kentucky needed to find, uh, needed to score more often, and they could have blown that one out. It was kind of on the on the fringe of being a blowout, just like it was on the fringe of being a very close game. And as you have it, uh, Kentucky wins by eight, covers the the six and a half point spread that opened as a pick'em. Uh, we're going to talk all about that game. What it means for UK going forward, uh, what it means for Louisville going forward, all that fun stuff. It should be a good show today. Yates, how are you? Doing well, TJ. How are you? Good. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, aside from that one glaring uh, disappointment, yes. And it was, uh, I mean, what a what a scene, what an atmosphere, a great, great build up for that game and it, it lived up to it you had the what we have called two of the best defensive teams in college basketball if you wanted to include Virginia in there like I said last week that's fine by me but here's the thing that jumps out at me and this is the thing that I'm going to most remember from this game not UK winning not Calipari winning seven out of eight versus Patino since he's been at Kentucky uh, Certainly not. Certainly not Andrew Harrison's bad game, and, and not even Tyler Ulis really stepping up on on a national stage. What jumps out at me, Yates? Can you guess what I'm going to say? Uh, sorry, that was discussing something with Dugan here. What was that again? I, I, I'm talking about the one thing that Yates. I'm talking about the one thing that jumped out to me about this game. The one thing that I'm going to remember when I look back at this one a year from now, two years from now, do you have any idea what I'm going to say? What what it, it would be? Uh, the Chris Jones flop. No, well, no, yeah, yes and no. I, I probably will remember that. But that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, that's a good point, and I, I plan on talking about it on the show today. But the thing that really jumped out at me is Kentucky holding Louisville to one assist. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that before, especially in a big game. I mean that that has to be close to uh I mean that has to be a school record for Louisville. I mean it, it can only get worse by not having that extra assist. So that's the one thing that jumps out at me, and that's the one surprising thing. You you look at these Patino teams at Louisville, and there's always been good passers on most of these teams. I, I, there always has been, and Peyton Siva obviously had his run, and Edgar Sosa was a guy that would get other people involved, and you know you can go way back uh, since Patino's been at Louisville, and there's always been people that get pe- uh, other players involved, and this team just doesn't seem to have it. And, and even last year's team, 
Russ Smith oh, at times made it a priority that, hey, we, we need somebody to pass. And even if it's going to be me, which was surprising, at least you had a guy like that. This year it just doesn't seem like there's anybody that's going to put an emphasis on, on that. And it seems to a point where Chris Jones is almost a liability for Louisville. Uh, you know, you can't fault his effort and his will to try to get things started, but just the talent doesn't match, and it's really, really hurting Louisville's offense. Uh, Terry Rozier played okay. I, I think some people are blowing his game out of proportion. Uh, he struggles to score. But here's the thing you're going to – I'm taking away from this game. Just like with Chris Jones and Terry Rozier, and Chris Jones may be a little bit different because eventually you just got to a point where if you're a Louisville fan, and there were, there were plenty of Louisville fans that I talked to that said, just quit shooting, stop. Uh, so he might be the exception, but with Terry Rozier, Andrew Harrison, those two combined to go seven of 28 from the field, it's just a bad matchup. It's a, it's a bad matchup for both those guards going against, again, some of the better front courts, some of the better defensive bigs in college basketball. So it's not a huge surprise that those guys had bad shooting games. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Andrew Harrison needs to play less and Tyler Ulyss needs to play more. I don't I don't necessarily even agree with that. It's just a, it was a bad matchup. Nobody looked good offensively in this game. And Kentucky and Louisville move on and and Andrew Harrison, Terry Rozier, Chris Jones, even Aaron Harrison, they'll have better offensive days and this will be forgotten and for Andrew Harrison's sake I mean it was a road game I I, I said last week that there was going to be some Kentucky players that would struggle this wasn't a good team on the road last year and the surprising thing the thing that kind of jumps out at me is yes Kentucky was terrible on the road last year but look at the the four guys who had who played best who who led Kentucky the four freshmen, the four people who had never played in a road game before, weren't involved in all those mind-boggling road upsets last year. Devin Booker, Tyler Eulis, Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Lyles. All four of those guys led the Cats. 39 combined points, 39 of 58 coming from the four freshmen. I didn't expect that. I don't think anybody really did. But there's plenty to, to digest here. There's plenty to talk about. We're going to talk about the Chris Jones flop. Really, there's two flops. There's one that nobody's really talking about. It was the one when Andrew Harrison was driving on him. And, you know, unless there's a different angle that I'm not seeing, there, he, he it just flops. Uh, out of nowhere. I mean, nothing hit him, nothing touched him, and he goes down. So, uh, and then obviously, the one that everybody's talking about, the Chris Jones one, and the audio of Jay Billis, you know, I went back and watched the game, but it's also all over Vine and Twitter. You, uh, the audio of Jay Billis, well, they're going in slow-mo, looking at the replay of Chris Jones while he's holding his jaw and looks like he's injured. Jay Billis calls it embarrassing. I've made it pretty clear on here. I'm not the biggest Jay Billis fan. I think he's really smart, uh, and I, I think he is good for college basketball. 
I sometimes get annoyed by how he, he kind of seems like a know-it-all. But that that was a funny moment. Yates, as a Louisville fan, what do you what do you take away from the Jones flop? I mean, it was, it was kind of embarrassing as a Louisville fan. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's <clears throat> that's kind of the vibe you get from most Louisville fans. I don't know if I've seen or heard one Louisville fan try to justify it. And really, I don't know what the justification would be. But, you know, being there, you kind of forget about all the the nonsense that goes on on Twitter and all the, wow, Louisville is completely classless and, wow, Kentucky did this and did that. You kind of forget about that when you're at the game. <clears throat> and uh, you, you get home, obviously, and you watch and you get on Twitter and you do this and you do that. Uh, it, People were making a big deal about Devin Booker closing out on a Louisville three-point shooter and saying that there was a punch here and there and, uh, you know, talking about cheap shots throughout the game. You you know, being there, you didn't notice, you didn't key in on that. And I think it was a pretty clean game, a very physical game, granted. I mean, uh, I can't imagine how bruised and sore Kentucky and Louisville are. Kentucky luckily gets a, a longer break. Louisville has to go back out there tomorrow. It's a physical game, but I, I thought it was played with, you know, integrity for the most part. Aside the Chris Jones flops, uh, that again, and, and Jay Billis. I, actually, I, again, I talk about how I think he's a know it all. I do agree with his commentary during that play during the game, where just the reason you got a guy like Chris Jones doing that and kind of making a fool of himself. It's because it it works. I would I would go as far as saying more times than not, Chris Jones would get that call on Dakari Johnson. And not only that, you'd have to go uh, get the replay, and you'd have to. Uh, I almost wish they would have called a foul on Dakari Johnson there, just because then they would have had to replay to see if Dakari Johnson was swinging his elbows, and then the refs would have had to see firsthand that nothing even caught, nothing even touched Chris Jones. But besides that, you know, it was a it was a fun basketball game. It, 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 it's fun, you know, especially if you like defense. Now, if you were looking for a lot of offense, one, you were that probably wouldn't have been the game to watch, regardless. Two, yeah, you probably would have been a little disappointed. Just a good defensive game. Two good teams. And Yates, you were out on Friday, but I was talking to Trevor about. You know, there is. I thought there was a scenario where Louisville could play this game, lose, and still be as optimistic for the for its season as the season progresses. Still have national title hopes, Final Four hopes. Do you think? Do you after this game? Do you Louisville still on that path? Correct. Oh yeah, I, I nothing really in that game made me believe otherwise. I mean. Obviously, Kentucky has a, an outstanding defense, but Louisville has had trouble scoring all season long. So, I mean, you, you combine that with the fact that you're going up against the maybe the best defense in the country and you're not going to put up a lot of points. And, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it might be sort of a, a cliche or a cop-out thing to say, but Louisville always does get better as the season progresses. They're never as good as they are in – they're never as good in December as they are at the end of the year. So, you know, I, you know, 
I, I think that Louisville can still have national championship aspirations, without a doubt. I agree with that, uh, but I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but every team will get better. Now, the good news is I do think it's easier to teach <clears throat> offense, uh, I, I, and some people will disagree 100% and say it's easier to teach defense. Uh, I, I think teams that struggle offensively, they can figure that out as the season goes on, where if teams struggle, you know, Indiana's never going to be a good defensive team this year. I mean, never. They're not a good defensive team now, and they could spend uh, whatever time, whatever break they get, which I don't think they even get that big of a break, uh, focusing on defense, and they're still not going to ever be a good defensive team. Louisville will, will have better offensive days. They'll get better. They'll find different ways to score. They'll get some of their scores easier looks. But here's the thing, and I, I'm talking I'm, – I'm, I'm going to be very optimistic about Kentucky because they deserve it. But I, I'll be a little optimistic, too, about Louisville because going back and watching the game on replay, and maybe the, it, it didn't seem like this as much in person, but Louisville had a lot of open shots. Rick Pitino wasn't wrong in his post-game co- press conference, a very short press conference that UK fans are making a big deal about, which I understand. Uh, Rick Pitino's upset. He's very complimentary of UK. That's what you got to do. You've got to be graceful in defeat, just like Mark Soups was when Kentucky football lost to Louisville. But I, I'm not going to blame Rick Pitino for taking two questions. I've been in, in I, you know, I, I've been in post-game press conferences. It's the job of the media to ask questions. So that's on the fault of the Louisville media contingent. You've got to, you know, you've got him there. Now, unless he said thank you and walked away instantly, which he, he could have, but even then, if there's one little pause, coaches are going to take that as a sign of, all right, let's get out of here. And I wasn't in there for that, so maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it was a situation where uh, he didn't give them any time. But I'm not going to make too big of a deal about Rick Pitino not talking that long. He gave two long answers. But uh, Louisville, and in his answers, he talked about how Louisville had some shots. They had some looks, and they did. And granted, it might have not been the, the people, if you're a Louisville fan, you want taking some open shots. But anybody on Louisville should be able to hit a eight-footer, a nine-footer. And there were several that they missed. Now, credit to UK's defense. I think at some point it just got in Louisville's head where, one, Louisville players might have been thinking to themselves, are we ever open? It might seem like an open shot, but they have so many long athletic players. Is it really an open shot? Two, even if they thought it was an open shot, they just hadn't seen anything fall. And anybody that's played basketball, anybody that's ever shot a basketball before, knows that half the battle is seeing it going in. And once you see that, you pick up a little momentum and you can go. Louisville didn't didn't have a chance to do that. I mean, they made 15 shots in the game that weren't free throws. So, I think Louisville will be okay. They're going to have a lot more exciting games. Uh, They're going to get a lot of chances to get quality wins. I'm not not so sure they have one yet. But I will, you know, I Kentucky, like we've talked about, they're, they're, I mean, they're pretty much done when it, with the exception when it comes to playing a quality opponent. 
I think that game at Florida is going to be tough. At LSU could be difficult. I mean, they're going to play some games that are going to to not be easy. But in terms of playing a real contender, they're done. Again, Florida is going to get better. They're going to get healthier. I would say they're even in that scenario, their ceilings a Sweet 16. But Louisville, on the other hand, they're gonna they're gonna keep getting chances, and that's good for them. Now, one little misconception is that, and I, and again, I just kind of touched on it, is that Kentucky now is just going to cruise. They're still gonna play good teams or okay teams. They're still gonna have to play on the road, <clears throat> and it's not like they're going into empty gyms on the road. Yes, the SEC doesn't care that much about basketball, but they do care when Kentucky comes to town. Coaches can keep their jobs. If they beat Kentucky, they can get contract extensions. If they beat Kentucky, if they beat Kentucky, they put that game on their recruiting tapes. They take pictures that fill their locker rooms of their teams rushing the court. And Kentucky's going to have nine of those games. Granted, I'd say maybe two could possibly be tournament teams. Realistically, maybe just one. But it's not like Kentucky won't be tested. I mean, those are going to be good games for Kentucky. Good team building, chemistry building, games that they can look back on when come tournament time saying, hey, we were able to come together then and there. Now the big question is, will Kentucky go undefeated? They have already faced their toughest test on the season, Louisville being the absolute toughest Now can they finish the job and go undefeated? Can they run the table in the SEC? I'm still inclined to say no. I just think there's going to be, you know, I almost when when I talk about this stuff, I almost feel like there's, you know, a little devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other talking me through the different scenarios. But I just think that there could be one, one or two games where it's just not clicking for for the team. It's just an off night. But then the other but you know, the other side of that is Kentucky plays nine players. Could nine guys in one night realistically have an off night? Nine talented guys, nine guys that can theoretically take over a game. Can all those guys play bad against a team that's going to be inferior? A team that's going to be drastically worse? It's hard to imagine that scenario in that situation, but it's also hard to imagine Kentucky bringing it like they did against Louisville for the next two and a half months. I mean, you just think, you look at it, and you know these Calipari teams, you know how they do on the road in the SEC, you just think there's got to be one night that it, it all doesn't click. But we'll see. I mean, they've already if they can go into Louisville, their first road game of the year, again, against a top three defense in the country, one of the better coaches in college basketball, and that game never really be in doubt. If they can do that, you know, it makes you wonder if they can lock into if they can focus in, buckle in on any other game, they won't have a problem. And not just for the SEC play, I almost think for the rest of the year. I mean, that was a hostile environment 
yes, several UK fans, tons of UK fans, but plenty, plenty more Louisville fans that were very uh, shared their dislike in Kentucky. So we'll see. We're going to keep talking UK UVL. Tyler Ulysses game. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here, 1450 The Sports Buzz, second segment. Yates, NFL playoffs are set. And I wish we had the our predictions for division and NFL wildcard. I don't have it anymore. I did have it written down. Saturday, you'll have the Cardinals and Panthers play the 435 game. That night, you'll have the Ravens versus Steelers. Sunday, you'll have Bengals-Colts early on. Lions-Cowboys in the afternoon, the later afternoon. I let's, let's go through who I think I had and who I didn't have. Uh, the NFC... Obviously, I had the Saints, the Packers. I did not have the Cowboys. I did not have the Panthers. I did not have the Cardinals. And I think I had the Lions, although I'm not 100% sure. And Yates, obviously, I don't remember what you had. I actually have mine here, but I wrote it down when Trevor and I were doing it. And the way I wrote down the wild card teams and, and the playoff teams, I can't exactly decipher what I had. I had Atlanta and Arizona. Obviously, Atlanta didn't make it. Arizona did. Um, I had Indy and San Diego as wild card teams. And let's see. I had Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And I think those are about the only ones. Oh, Philadelphia. I had Philadelphia. They obviously didn't make it. Green Bay, I had that. Chicago, I had them. Oh, and I didn't have them in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Uh, huh. So I, I had a few, but missed out on a couple. My my big uh, crazy pick was Houston winning that division, which didn't work out, obviously. Yeah. Uh, in the AFC, let's see. There's uh, the Broncos and Patriots obviously had both those both those teams. Then the Steelers, actually, I think I did have them. I think that was kind of one of my surprise picks. Uh, I thought they'd be back. I don't know if I had the Bengals. I had the Colts. I don't know if I had the Ravens. So it seems like I might have missed two or three in each. So not great, but whatever. Uh, Not. I mean, I I couldn't. I don't even know if I'll watch the Cardinals-Panthers game. 
That's just not going to be a fun playoff game. Cam Newton can be fun to watch, and you've got two good defenses there, but nothing really jumps out. Ravens Steelers, it just seems like we've seen that a thousand times. You've seen one AFC North team play another AFC North team. You've seen them all. Bengals Colts, I'm excited about. Fully expect the Colts to win. I uh, wish that was on Saturday. Lions Cowboys, I'm excited about. Wish that was on Saturday. But they draw better on Sunday, so I understand it. Pretty excited. We've got the college football playoffs this week. Uh, this is going to be a, a more football-centered week and probably talk a little bit more football during the week. But for now, again, we got to recap Kentucky-Louisville game. Uh, it's just been a, a – the series, if you're a Kentucky fan, has been a dream. But even, you know, it, it, and despite it being a bit one-sided in the head-to-head – I just don't know if you're ever going to see this again in history where UK and Louisville are, are constantly ranked. There's, I mean, yes, there's always, there always should be a storyline in a rivalry game, but the storyline doesn't always have to be that, hey, you've got two really good teams. You've got two teams that could meet again deep in the tournament, and that's happened two out of the last five years. You have two teams that could possibly win it all. I think Louisville would have had a great chance to win it all last year. I mean, and they have a great chance to win it this year. Kentucky, obviously, the last two years. Clay B116 says that the game sucked. If you weren't a UK or UofL fan, that had to be the most boring game to watch. I, you know, we'd have to talk to somebody that's not a UK or UofL fan, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Yes, it was, it was, the offense wasn't great. But I think it was pretty clear that it, the offense wasn't great because these are bad offensive teams, and Louisville maybe is a bad offensive team. I'm not ready to say Kentucky's a bad offensive team yet. I think they're a, a fine offensive team. But, I mean, I think it was clear in that game that the, just the defense was unbelievable, Clay B-116. And uh, if you try to bring it inside on either one of these teams, bad things were going to happen. There were only five sh- blocked shots in the games, but, I mean, it just... You, you almost couldn't even get inside if you wanted to. I thought I, I think the average fan would have been okay with that. Now, you know, maybe not the most exciting game they've ever seen. But I, but I think it was exciting. Yates, did you uh, hear of any altercations between Kentucky and Louisville fans? Um, no, not really. I'm sure they occurred, but I didn't hear of anything. I'm sure they occurred too, and it seems like this always happens. Whether it's at UK or U of L, you'll get U of L fan, for example. And this is, and I've heard it all the time. But uh, there's a few Louisville fans on Twitter saying that they saw really drunk UK fan thrown up on himself and falling over in the bathroom, and it was hilarious to see. And uh, you see that with Louisville fans when they play it in Lexington. Sometimes I don't even know if those stories actually happen. I tend to think that maybe it's just made up to make Louisville or the opposing fan base feel better. Uh, there, uh, now, there, there was uh, one altercation that I heard about. At the end of the game, a Louisville fan with one of my, with one of my buddies who had pretty good seats for the game – going off on a Kentucky fan 
just saying how they didn't deserve to have those seats. They didn't deserve to be in the Yum Center. It was obviously just a very bitter, upset Louisville fan. Uh, there, I mean, there there were a lot of Kentucky fans, and, and I don't know if it was worse than two years ago. I don't know if it was worse than four years ago. I, I would guess that it was, but it's, it's tough to tell in those situations. Uh, it's just it's got to bug Jurich to no end because I mean, how do you solve it? How do you how do you fix it? Are you going to tell season ticket holders to not make money off their season tickets? Are you going to tell season ticket holders that possibly could be Kentucky fans that are giving your program a lot of money to stop giving Louisville's program a lot of money? It, it's tough to. It's tough to figure out how to how to solve that problem. But there there were plenty of uh, Kentucky fans, and again. Uh, you had you had some celebrities in the house, which was which was fun to see. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who I don't, you know, sources tell me that she's not that big of a Louisville fan, but her family is. And Louisville U of L reached out to her, invited her to the game. Obviously, that they they reached out to her and wanted her to be there. Yates, how happy are you to have Jennifer Lawrence in your corner? Uh, I'm I'm very happy. I think I would trade all of UK celebrity fans, and there's quite a few. I mean, there 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 really are. I, you know, Drake's Drake and Ashley Judd are the biggest ones, but you've you've got you've got several others. I think I'd trade all of them for Jennifer Lawrence. That's how jealous I am of that. And even Jennifer Lawrence in her not really a fan stage. Like, she's not really a Louisville fan. You think she watches Louisville on TV when she's out shooting movies and doing her thing? No. But even then, just uh, I would trade that. You've got a good one there, Yates. Make sure you take care of her, okay, buddy? I'll do my best. All righty. But... Uh, I guess you know we'll, we'll key back in more so on the game, and everybody wants to talk about all the defense of the uh, of the game, and there was plenty of it, uh, and it was a defensive game. There's no no way around it. The second half, you know, featured offense, featured runs between the teams, and, and mostly led by uh, the big name is Tyler Ulis, who finishes five eight from the field, two of four from three. I've been saying he's going to be a player for Kentucky, Uh, and I'm not so sure that he's going to be a four-year player anymore. Now, I am a, you know, I think anybody would be surprised to see him have the game that he had on the road in that situation. But he stepped up, hit shots, played smart. That's why this Kentucky team is going to be so dangerous. It's not because Tyler Ulis is better than Andrew Harrison. Again, I'm not ready to say that. But now Kentucky will have the option whether to play Andrew Harrison if they need him, if they need a bigger guard, or go with Tyler Ulis because he's smaller and can handle pressure a little bit better. If Louisville had two really big guards, two big physical guards, Tyler Ulis would be an awful matchup for that. Instead, They've got smaller guards. Not a good matchup for Andrew Harrison. 
So Tyler Ulysses was great. Hit a big three. I mean, maybe the shot of the game. <clears throat> but let's not forget about Andrew Harrison's three either. And I almost want to say that that one may have been may have been more impressive. Because, it, it, you know, it pushed Kentucky's lead. It made that game seem unreachable for Louisville. But to be able to do that after the how badly he played, and he knew that he was playing bad. It, it, again, if you're at the game, you probably didn't see it. But if you watched on TV, you probably did. It was it it was signs of freshman Andrew Harrison. He was pouty. Now it it seemed a little bit different. I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna be a, do a good enough job of explaining it. But it seemed like at times last year when he was being pouty and kind of being a baby and lowering his shoulders and lowering his head, it almost seemed like it was other people's fault last year. It just it wasn't working because other people weren't doing their jobs, and it was, you know, looked like he just wanted to go to his room and, and get away. But and this is the first time we've seen this from him this season. But this one, it almost just seemed like he knew that, like, hey, I'm off. I'm having a terrible game. I'm in a funk. You guys are playing well. You all are doing your thing. I just, I'm hurting. I'm hurting you all. I'm playing poorly. It almost seemed, it almost seemed like a more accountable pouty Andrew Harrison, and that could be totally subjective. But that's just how I saw it. And you did have the the video of John Calipari cussing at him, saying, "Get back in the effing huddle," as he kind of walked off. I, you know, who cares? Good for John Calipari to call him out. And that that that's all that was for me. But I think for him to be able to hit that three was big. And I, and I don't think people are really talking about that. To have a bad game, you know, two-point game with 20 seconds left and Chris Jones hit a big three. When you're, when you're slumping, it's hard. Now, Chris Jones, I don't know if he's... I think he only sees green, so it, it may be a different story for him. But for Andrew Harrison, he's having a bad game. Nothing was falling. You could see it in his eyes. He knew he was playing bad, and then he plays that pick and roll perfectly. Stays on the perimeter, stays at home, doesn't try to force anything, realizes nobody's coming out with him. Shoots a three, makes it. Louisville's not coming back. So, again, I'm not panicking too much about Andrew Harrison. Now, if he's like this every game on the road, that's troublesome. That's something to keep an eye on. We talked a lot about the guards in this game. I haven't talked as much about the bigs. Carl Anthony Town was great. He was great. And if he's like that all season, he's going to be a top three draft pick. One of the biggest knocks that I saw from him in high school was he wasn't very physical. And he didn't play AAU. Uh, so you'd have to see him either in high school when he was playing against, you know, he could have been playing guys like Trevor if Trevor would make his high school team. But you'd see him in camps where he'd play against the best. And in some high school games, he'd play against okay opponents. 
But in camps, when he'd go against bigger, meaner, stronger guys, that's when he would play poorly. But, uh, you know, he guarded Montrez Harrell for a lot of that game and did a, did a good job. Had Montrez Harrell on him for some of that game, had several U of L guys guarding him. He was able to finish with 10 points, bring in nine rebounds. Stay out of foul trouble, too. That's, that's tough to do as a freshman. So I, I thought he was good. If he's like, if he can play like that all year, that's going to go just such a long way for Kentucky. Not a great game for Montrez Harrell. Not a great game from an, an NBA standpoint. And again, I, I think you're going to see Kentucky do this to good bigs all season. Unfortunately, I don't know if you're going to see it happen in another game until the NCAA tournament because I don't know. You know, they're not going to play too many great bigs. They'll play Jordan Mickey at LSU and Chris Walker at Florida. I guess Bobby Portis at Arkansas. But, you know, none of those bigs are, are super great. But I, I think Kentucky's going to have that impact on on bigs all throughout the season. Is they're going to they're going to make very talented future NBA pros have bad games because it's just too many bodies. It's just too much going on. And most of what Montrez Harrell got, you know, it wasn't him creating it himself. So, you know, he'll get better. He'll Montrez Harrell have better games, better offensive games. I thought he did an okay job defensively, blocked a few shots. They only have him down as one, but I clearly thought he got two. Right off the bat, as a matter of fact. So I, I don't think that's so much of a, hey, bad game, Montrez, versus bad matchup, Montrez. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. We're going to come back, put a bow on this Kentucky-Louisville game. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. We're back here. Currently on ESPN, you have Texas A&M and West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl, I guess if that's what they still call it. Oh, it still is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. It's been that for a few years now. That's good to see with bowls changing names every so often. You've got future UK offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson calling his final game for the Mountaineers as an offensive coordinator. A lot of Kentucky players are tweeting. They like what they see. Right now, West Virginia has 27 points. They do have a defensive touchdown in there, and it's still the first half. It's 28-27. Not a lot of defense being played in this game. But I've watched a little bit of it. I've been working and also been doing you know, a radio show. So I haven't had a chance to key in on it, but from what I've seen, it, it 
It really does look similar to what Neil Brown generally does. There are a lot of short short routes. He likes to get the running backs involved, which is good news because Kentucky's got pretty good running backs. Uh, the One of the big differences, and again, uh, I'm going to say something after I – one of the big differences is he's taking a lot more shots deep. Uh, that's noticeable. Now – Neil Brown says he wanted to take more shots deep. He wanted to do this. He wanted to do that. Just didn't have the talent. It's not probably not wrong. Probably didn't have all the talent he wanted. Uh, but I think you're going to see a pretty similar offense with maybe you know again with maybe a few more shots deep, which UK fans I know would love. West Virginia has got a kickoff return to the 50 yard line after. You know how the one guy catches the ball in the end zone and then the other guy will tell him whether or not it's safe to come out? Well, West Virginia's safe guy said, no, don't come out. It was too late, but they were able to turn it into something. You rarely see that happen. So, And you have to remember Shannon Dawson doesn't call the plays, doesn't call the majority of the plays for the Mountaineers. But I'm sure it's of the same. I'm sure it's very similar. And we'll have more time to talk about Shannon Dawson and plenty of football talk later in the show. Looks like Jim Harbaugh will be going to Michigan. Uh, Just the dream hire for Michigan, without a doubt. Great hire for the Big Ten, great hire for the conference. It, it, from a conference outlook, I don't know if you're a fan of any of other the Big Ten teams. I'm sure you probably don't like the hire, especially if you're Ohio State. I've had some people ask me, and certainly a ton of people on Cats Illustrated are wondering, will this impact Kentucky's recruiting? Kentucky likes to recruit in Ohio. Will now Michigan recruit in Ohio? It... It's probably not great for Kentucky's recruiting. It probably doesn't drastically help. I don't think it's going to hurt that much. Uh, Michigan, if they get things going, they're still they're going to be going after the best of the best in Ohio. Ohio State's going to be still going after the best of best Ohio, so they're going to have more recruiting battles. Kentucky's still going to look for those guys that kind of fly under the radar that Ohio State doesn't necessarily want. Kind of the fallback options for Ohio State. Now, here's where it could matter. It could be a trickle effect where if Michigan steals a guy from Ohio that Ohio State wanted, well, then Ohio State's got to fill that spot somehow, and they'll go a little bit lower and get somebody else. So that's how it could impact. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. And anybody who they would have taken at Michigan would have impacted recruiting a little bit. There's a lot of talent in Ohio. And from all the shortlists I saw for Michigan's job, Mark Stoops was on a lot of those lists. So uh, Kentucky fans should just be happy that he wasn't hired. And he wasn't. So he'll be back for a third season without a doubt. So the big rivalry game over the weekend, a lot of flopping, a lot of defense, not a lot of scoring. Some coach cussing from John Calipari. And as you have it, Kentucky 
since the 2009-2010 season has only lost to Louisville one time, including two tournament wins. It's a it's it's an impressive streak, and it's a streak that Louisville fans uh, can't be happy about. Now, I've said this, I've said this on the show before, that at this point, the game doesn't really matter. Louisville lost, Kentucky won. Kentucky can put that win on their resume, a road win at number four. Louisville, that's great. Kentucky's going to have to, you know, not be the team that we think they are to, to miss getting a number one seed. But, it, you know, I've heard some Louisville fans say it doesn't matter. It, it matters a little bit. I mean, it, it's, you know, you move on. It doesn't, hurt, it doesn't hurt or help you in conference play. But obviously, you know, I don't need to go into the details of why that win would have been very beneficial for Louisville. So, uh, a huge win, huge win for Kentucky. And I, and I think, you know, I, ideally, if you're Kentucky, I don't know if you want your first true road game to be that game. You know, it worked out well. But I think it was really important for Kentucky to, to win that first one on the road. And whether it would have been Louisville or a bad team. Again, this is a team that really struggled on the road last season. This is a team that really struggled on the road two seasons ago. It was a team that really struggled on the road four seasons ago. So three out of your last four seasons, it hasn't been a good road team. Kentucky hasn't. So I, I think it was very, very important that they win that. And also, you know, any other environment they were going to play in won't be as hostile or as intimidating as that one. So that'll that'll go a long way for Kentucky this season. And uh, big games out of the freshmen. I never would have thought Devin Booker would have been as good as he's been. Uh, he was a fre- I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that I was down on Devin Booker. Devin Booker as a freshman, I just didn't think he. I think he'd make impacts here and there, uh, not be a necessity for Kentucky. UK needs him. I mean, especially his outside shooting. But UK needs him. He's got a big role on this team. And then I already mentioned Carl Anthony Towns. Trey Lyles has been a pleasant surprise. I do want to mention this because one of the freshmen did it. Can UK fans all together, and certainly the team, but UK fans all together, stop with the L's down thing? Yes, if you're a Kentucky fan, and you know I don't, I don't, I don't care either way. I think the L's are stupid, but Louisville fans love them, and it's, it's part of their thing, and that's whatever. Kentucky fans don't don't do the L's down because then that's that's justifying the L's up. That's acknowledging that that's a thing. And you're trying to mock it by doing L's down. And there's a picture of Carl Anthony Towns doing it, and it kind of makes it seem like he's pointing to his junk. I don't like the L's down. I don't like that there's t-shirts about them. If you're a Kentucky fan, let Louisville fans do their L's. Do the three goggles. Louisville fans hate the three goggles. Or don't do anything. Because you don't have to. 
But don't do the L's down. L's down's not cool. All right. Well, we, we've got we're going to talk more football later in the week because it is an exciting time for football. You're going to have the first ever college football playoffs later this week. But big win for Kentucky. Louisville will be okay. This is fourteen fifty. The Sports Buzz. Thanks for listening. Uh, they say welcome to the 502 Take the Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do Oprah Freaks, classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 2-7, no be hitting two Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of troll Lay back in the lap and take two